Hello, 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 and welcome to the podcast. It is Kate, and today um, is going to be the first episode of the podcast. Yay! So I am actually sharing an interview that I did with my good friend Amy Kunkel on her Radio Hour podcast. So make sure that you go and check that out as well um, and follow along with her. She's a freaking amazing woman and just has a lot of awesome things to share. So definitely follow along with her. Uh, This episode is going to give you a really good idea about who I am, where I'm going, why I'm going that way, and just kind of an insight into my journey and uh, how I got there. So I'm super excited For anybody that's listening, if you have any feedback or want to chat about anything, please make sure that you follow me on Instagram at it's Kate, which is spelled I-T-S underscore K, the number eight T-E. Hope to talk with you and I hope that this episode inspires you to go for what you truly want in life. Peace. Yeah. I'll just start recording because we are just talking. Yeah, just talking. Um, <clears throat> so I feel like I wanted to have you on because you were one of the first people that I found online that was talking about like creating your own reality or law of attraction. And so that has I know that been, is how we met, isn't it? I imagine so. Like That's we met I, in person once. Yes, but it was through, I think it was through like some kind of, we found each other on social media and we're like, Oh, like, oh my God, you're close to me. We I should, know. Is, I think that's what happened, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yes. We were both in Canton, Ohio. Yeah. Like, what are the chances <laughs> that we're that. both in Canton, Ohio? Yes. So, and that was probably what, like a year and a, a half ago? A year and a half ago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember it was cold. Yeah. So it, it would have been mm-hmm. maybe a year ago. Yeah. I don't know. Time flies. It really does. So. It's weird. But yeah, that's what, um, I actually was talking to somebody recently about, like, um, how cool it is that we can like we were taught they were talking about forming relationships with people and really it was you know kind of more of a sales kind of like talk like that kind of relationship building so we were talking about that and I was like I have met like some of the coolest people that are like my kind of people through being on social media and just like being open about your life or just and it's crazy to me like I don't know, like, how that ends up happening. Yeah, well, I feel like that's, once you start talking about things that you really want to be talking about, then you find those people. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, like, I'm actually getting ready to do a post on coming out of the spiritual closet. (laughs) Because it's like... It's so true. If you can't talk openly about these things, people aren't going to be like, oh my gosh, like, that was me. Yeah, and it's, like, this weird connection, like, um, that, like, I think it's easier to create relationships and find people on social media, and I think that, like, there's this misconception of, you know, that you can't build real relationships through social media because it's not face-to-face, and, oh, we spend too much time on social and things like that, and Maybe some of us do, and yes, it can be a distraction, but I think that, I mean, I've just, I've met some really, really cool people, and I think just being, like, also not trying to be, like, 
oh, I, um, you know, all of these good things are going on in my life and that kind of thing. I think it's more about like sharing your actual, like some days suck and going through like a spiritual awakening. I think everybody, you see that as like such a positive, good thing. And it is. However, I feel like not a lot of people share like the shitty part of it. Right. You know, that it's like, okay, at first it's really exciting and you're like, yeah, I feel so awake and everything feels so good. And then you hit that part of, oh my God, there's all these things that I want to change, I need to change, I have to deal with to keep feeling this good about where my life's at. And that's the crappy part of it. And not, I mean, it ends up being a part of the good, but I feel like not a lot of people share that part of it so it's like you see them you don't see the past you just see oh I'm in such a great place now yeah like the Instagram yeah highlight reel yes and I don't like that was something for me is like I I actually what made me really like want to dig into this more is a couple months ago I had um I met with a, a new realtor and we had connected from social media And we were sitting, we were having coffee and she made this comment to me. She was like, you just seem to have your life so together. And I literally about spit out my tea and laugh and I laughed and she was like, what's so funny? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to figure it out just like you are. And that was when I kind of took things like, I think I had already done this a little bit, but I was always trying to put like like a positive spin on everything I was posting. And that's kind of when I stopped doing that and really took it like day by day. Like, how am I feeling today? Like, well, today I'm not feeling great. And this is why it's because I'm trying to push through, you know, this, or I'm trying to have more courage or I'm trying to have less self doubt. And, you know, I think that that's something that for me has been really important is just kind of like sharing more of like the crap part of you know like growing into a better version of yourself Mm -hmm. and I think that that's something that like I think that's cool I think feel like that's something that you and I often kind of end up talking about because it's so necessary and I think it's good that when you have that you have somebody to talk with about that that gets it you know, like that's kind of on that same mindset, but also you can be like, hey, like this is, you know what I mean? Not always like the positive side of it because that's what most people do. Right. Well, and I think in, especially in like a conscious awakening or a spiritual awakening, it's shining the light on like maybe the darkness mm-hmm. and you're, you know, a lot of people in like the spiritual, um, you know, that what is in the spiritual community talk about working through your shadow and it's because your eyes are finally opened to like what's around you and Mm -hmm. um and it's not always great but um but yeah so let's let me start with like I I do want to talk about opening people's minds to like a new and different perspective or awakenings and um I don't know much about your background like what was your childhood like and maybe how has it shaped <clears throat> who oh, you are? Huge, huge, huge part of who I am. Um, my childhood wasn't, 
and I'll say child and when I'm I'm saying childhood I'm kind of talking about from kid teenager like that kind of whole um area of my life well, and I think our subconscious is formed up until like about 11 or 12 mm-hmm. so like that's perfect yeah yeah that would that's actually kind of a, a really good segue um and this was actually kind of I'll share a little bit of what I, I shared on a, a bigger story with somebody um just a couple days ago um but for me like my childhood was fine um, it wasn't anything spectacular. My parents definitely were not, didn't have a happy marriage. Um, so they fought a lot. So, um, like I definitely like that's, I'm so very opposite of that now. Like I'm very calm. I hate fighting. I hate yelling, even though I'm an extremely loud person, <laughs> I hate like yelling and fighting and that kind of thing. Um, so I definitely grew up with that. And then I would say when I was probably around seven or eight, um, was kind of when I mentally stopped being a kid, um, and started dealing with a lot more of like adult kind of issues. My mom kind of always treated me like her friend, even when I was really like way too young to be her friend. Um, is it because of a divorce? No, my parents didn't get divorced until probably about seven years ago. Like, I was 22 when my parents got divorced. Okay. Yes. Um, and they should have gotten divorced um, much sooner. So, um, my uh, they didn't have a good marriage. And part of that was, um, I'm going to get personal, but try and be mindful of what I'm saying. Um my um in essence my mom um cheated on my dad a lot like a lot a lot um and so she started kind of like telling me about stuff like that when I was like seven eight years old that will grow you up fast yes um I'll never forget one day having a conversation of um with her about because I I knew one of the the guys I didn't know really what was and I was still too young to kind of like really grasp what she was talking about but I knew it wasn't right um but I'll never forget the one day that she literally I was like she was just like chatting with me and I was like I had this dream that that you told me that so-and-so was my new dad and her response to me was well how would you feel if he was your dad and I and that was like the first time I remember being like I'm not certain what you're getting at because I was so young, but like something about this conversation isn't right. And um, probably a maybe a year, maybe or so after that um, was when things kind of came out and oh well, I've been you know cheating on your dad with the, having an affair with this guy for um, you know a long time, and they were all friends. Like, you know, him and his wife, my parents, they did stuff together all the time. Like, it was really strange. (laughs) Yes. Um, So that was, like, my first kind of, like, view of adult life. And then I feel like mentally I kind of stayed in that place almost. Like, Like, like it, it took that innocent part of my childhood completely away from me. Um. And then once I um, kind of grew into being a teenager, um, I um, my parents were very like they supported anything that I wanted to do, and at this, but at the same time, they never they never pushed me to do anything. Like I never had any discipline. Um, 
like in high school and stuff like that um I didn't really have a curfew like I really just kind of did whatever I wanted were you an only child no okay (laughs) were you uh, the youngest oldest oldest yes it's a very weird yes a very weird dynamic um my sister and I were never really close um she's only two years younger than me but we were never very close growing up we're complete opposites and probably until about like um a couple years ago we were not close we're actually extremely close now um I would consider her to be like one of my best friends now but my whole life we were not close And a lot of that stems back to kind of our childhood and some things that went on. My mom definitely favored me. um, And my sister was kind of like cast in my shadow in a way. And um, I think that was something we kind of had to like grow up and become adults until we could mentally, till she could kind of mentally separate. Like it wasn't me. It was, you know, like our mom that kind of. Yeah, your mom's issues. That put that on us, not. Mm -hmm you know, that we actually can't be close. Um, so high school was, um, kind of a weird messed up time for me as well. Um, I was always like up until I was like 16, I was super shy, extremely awkward. I hated talking to people, which you know me now. And I feel like that's, yeah, you're like complete opposite. Networking. Yeah. Like I'm very social. I have no filter. Like, so it's kind of weird. And that was very much something that I kind of had to create within myself because I knew I needed to. Um, and so I was really shy and awkward and just a very weird kind. I was a good kid, like extremely good. Never did anything bad. Um, was always afraid of getting in trouble. Um, that kind of thing until I was about 16. Um, and when I turned 16, I had had like this boyfriend for a couple years. He was my first boyfriend. Um, and when I turned 16, I broke up with him. He was very controlling. He was, uh, mentally abusive, physically abusive. Like, and that was my first relationship, you know, like that's what I thought relationships were, I guess. Um, so when I turned 16, I was like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. And I kind of went a little wild and I partied and had fun and I was still a good kid. Um, up until my senior year, halfway through my senior year, um, I kind of dealt with some different things, uh, like with, that had to do with my mom. Um, I kind of found out that she was, doing some things um with people that I was dating okay mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah also I'll be honest yeah um so but mindful about you have this role model that is your mother mm-hmm. that treats you like an adult because now yep. you're like equals which yep. is actually kind of a you know conscious Can parenting be. like can be a good thing. Can be a good thing. Yes. Until they start to drag you down into their shadow and their mess. Mm-hmm. I think she was very, um, my mom was somebody, and I think she's, I don't know if she's still like this, but like she never wanted to get old. Like I remember when she turned 30 when I was six and her just being like, oh my God. And you know, when she turned 40 and like she didn't want to grow old, I think it was somehow um, her going after um, people I was dating when I was in high school um, was some like 
how her way to stay young or something of Mm. that nature. Well, and I feel like before (laughs) you continue, like I just was going through this thought with, um, with my brother's. And actually, I feel like it, it maybe can just be said here, mm-hmm. because I don't know what your relationship was with your mom now, but I feel like when we put labels on people, like, this is my mother, yeah. this is what she should be doing for me, yes. she should be this perfect role model, she should be nurturing, she should want to, like, you know, take me to the skate park with my friends, or like, mm-hmm. you know... We're adding the shoulds and the labels and without the awareness that that, like, she is just a human going through her own story and the fact that you grew up in this environment Mm -hmm. has shaped you significantly, I am sure. Yeah. Oh, yes, for sure. I don't think, that's the thing is, like, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about this from a place of, like being a victim or like a negative way because I very much believe I would not be the like the well-rounded person that I am now without it so it's like it's now I in some ways like I do I still harbor like ill feelings about it sure you know like mentally that really messed me up for a long time um I moved away um after high school I lived in Illinois for a few years and um, I, I ended up moving back. And when I moved back, my parents were still together. And when I moved back, I had, you know, I had kind of run. I kept running from like dealing with it because I'm like, wow, this is so messed up. And mentally, I'm like, I couldn't deal with it. So when I moved back, I actually went through like almost a year long, like really bad depression, like. Um, I don't know if anyone is a Beach Boys fan or knows about Brian Wilson, but I, I like to say that I like Brian Wilson for like a year of my life where like I didn't leave my bedroom. I gained 40 pounds. Um, I was just in a like I didn't work nothing. I had to sell my car because it was going to get repo because I wasn't I mean, I was literally not doing anything and I was staying at my parents house and really not once did anybody say like, what the hell is going on with you? Like you, whoa, like, you know, you came back and you were like looking like this and now you look like that and you're mentally like not doing well. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I remember honestly, like, um, you know, sitting on my bed some days, like, and being like, do I really want to keep doing this? Um, you know, I mean, I really had serious thoughts like that and I would, I would, um, I mean, I would honestly sit there and think about like, oh, I know, and I don't want to be like morbid about this, but this is honestly like what I, I thought and like what I went through where I would think like, I know where my dad keeps his gun in his room. Like, hmm, I wonder like what, like I would, I never actually went and got it, but I remember like sitting there and just thinking like mentally, I just, I, I didn't know how to deal with it. And I felt like nobody, I mean, I'm literally going through all of this process. My family is right there. They're watching it and no one's saying anything. Yeah. Like that to me is weird, you know? Um, But then again, that kind of goes back to like what you just said. Like you put these roles on people, like you should be this, you should be that. Um, And really they don't have to be anything. They're human just like you and I, and they're all on their own path and, and they're making their own decisions and, and really, um, I, 
I pulled myself out of that depression. I, I honestly can't even remember if I had like a trigger or what it was, but I just remember one day I was like, I cannot live like this anymore. Like if I'm going to continue on with my life, it cannot be like this. I'm so unhappy. I need to, I need to just pull myself out of it. And I woke up the next day and I was like, I made that conscious decision of I'm not going to live like this anymore. I got a job. Like I started getting my life back together. Um, And that was kind of like a really weird time in my life and not a great time. But again, I wouldn't be where I'm at now if I didn't have that. So I'm not upset about it. Um, As far as like, do I have a relationship with my mom now? Um, I do now. Um... And that's something that I struggle with often. Um, I didn't talk to her. They, my parents finally got divorced, um, I think when I was 22 or 23. Um, she uh, remarried less than a year after they were divorced, which I don't think anyone was really surprised about that. They're still together. They seem happy. Good for them. Um, I didn't talk to my mom for probably four, almost five years after that. Um I had a time where I did speak with her. I stopped talking to her. We found out, like her parents, we found out my grandma was sick, um, that she had stage four cancer. And my mom's an only child. And my grand, like her parents, best freaking grandparents on the planet. Like you would, like just even this little story that I've shared about my mom. and, And I'm not trying to like paint her in this horribly negative light. I mean, it's just what happened. It is what it is. But, like, her parents were, like, complete opposite of what you would think she would come from being that kind of person. Like, they were super in love with each other, just super, like, they're the ones that taught me what love was. Like, I didn't, like, I didn't see that in my normal, in my, you know, my family family growing up. But my grandparents definitely picked up the slack on that. And, like, we were so loved and... They just thought my sister and I were the greatest things ever. You know, like they were awesome freaking grandparents. And so when we found out my my grandma was sick, I just, I couldn't not talk to my mom then. I was like, I, you know, it's not right for my grandparents, one. And two, you know, then after, within that year, they both passed. My grandpa passed like a couple months after my grandma because he was like, I, like, I do life because of this woman. Hmm. Like that's how like they were that in love. And so after she died, like, I'll never forget my grandpa, like, a week before he died, my sister and I were over there, and he was like, girls, I'm going to be honest with you, not doing good. And my grandpa never said that. He was, like, Santa, like, super jolly and happy (laughs) and had that, like, um, belly-roaring laugh. Like, he was just that person. And through all the health things that he went through, he was always like, I'm fine, I'm fine. But once my grandma died, he was like, no, I'm good. Um, which was kind of like a bitter, sweet kind of thing. Um, so I spoke with her for about a year after that because I was like, wow, you just lost both your parents. You have no siblings. So I was the one in that situation where I was like, you know what? Like, it might be hard for me to talk to you, but I feel like I need to be there for you still because you don't, I mean, yeah, you have your husband, but you don't really have any other family and I want to be there for you. So about a year after that, I sat her down and I was like, I can't talk to you anymore. Like, I'm done. This is mentally. It was, I was still too hard for me mentally to deal with it. And so I didn't talk to her for about four, maybe almost five years. Um, And it was because I had to 
I mentally had to get to a place where I could accept what happened. And my biggest thing was not letting what happened define me as a person or define my future. I had to detach from that and, and say, Hey, like, yes, I want my mom to be what you think a mom should be, but my mom's never going to be that. Mm-hmm. She's not going to be that as a person. She's never going to be able to fill that role in my life. And I have to be okay with that. And it just, because that's just the way it is. And so we started talking again, probably about a year ago. Um, and it's still something that I can't, like, I get mad at myself because I feel like, well, I've forgiven you and I've forgiven you enough to be able to move on with my life and not let it define me but I still have those moments of like she can do like the most the dumbest things that like there's no reason it should make me mad like she's just trying to be she's trying to now be like the supportive mom which to me I think it makes me mad because it's not that like to me it's fake like and it's probably not like I get it but it's just like it's so over the top Mm-hmm. that it's like you know and she'll say things about how proud of me she is and stuff and I just that stuff still sets me off and makes me mad because I'm like you don't get to say that you're proud of me well it's hard you know? for you to detach from the story that mm-hmm. you've told yourself for a long time about your mom and your relationship yeah. and so yeah those are those are things that probably time needs to just yeah, and I think it's Pass. it's never going to be what I want it to be. And I've accepted that, but and I really have. I've accepted it, but that doesn't always make it like on the day-to-day. There are some days where I'm like, "No, I don't accept that. Like that pisses me off." You know, and that's just the way it is, and I know that that's something I'm probably going to deal with my whole life, and it just kind of gets a little bit better, and I I just that's something that I focused on a lot with that situation is detachment. That was a big, big, big thing for me. Well, and I think maybe a approach that you could have is to take the, like, this is just how it is. Mm-hmm. And once you take your attachment from how you want it to be. Yeah. Um, like, I actually talked to my husband about this because, um, you know, our background is, conservative Christian and uh I I don't know maybe I was trying to trigger him but I was talking about you know what what would you do if one of our kids came out and they were gay and Mm -hmm. because I feel like he has an attachment to to what he would prefer in the situation yes and I think and my you know what I've studied and learned in the past couple years has just been having no attachment to the outcome mm-hmm. is the only way that you yourself can find that inner peace. Yep. And so you mentioned a detachment, but I would maybe just turn it a little bit to just not be attached to how you think it, think should, it should be. be. Yes. Um, so, but that's really, wow. That's like <laughs> an, a lot an of... interesting story. <laughs> but like... I mean, and I wasn't going to go full on into the like, I mean, I could go into more so detail. So many parents but, have but cheated on other people. Like, I won't mention any mom <laughs> or dad or, I mean, all. Right. Like, it. that's not, you know, the other, it gets a lot deeper than that. And we won't go into all those details. But 
But I mean, it's very important because it is very much like I was actually talking with Mike, my my boyfriend about it the other day because like he has now met my mom and uh, that was a very weird experience for me. Um, that's still hard for me. Um, right, letting her into your into my life, into your space, especially to like meet my boyfriend. <laughs> right, with your history. Yeah, like You're it's like, just like it's something that like like she literally the other day said something about like oh I thought Mike would like this burger or something because he likes this and I was like how do you know what my boyfriend likes like don't talk about like and yeah, and I was of... that's what started Mike and I's conversation I was like it may it upsets me that something that stupid bothers me it makes so I have to keep working on that not being attached and and you know and he said to me you know if it still mentally messes with you maybe you don't have a relationship with her and that's okay right yes letting people out of your life and I did and it's like I feel like I always let her back in because it's like I feel bad for her I, I do like I I feel I still have empathy for her because to be that person and do the things that she did, you have to have something going on that's not great. And so mm-hmm. I still have empathy for her. Like, it's not like I don't hate her. I never have. Um, but it's like that fine line of can I have a relationship with you and still be mentally healthy myself? And right. that's what I'm most concerned about. And so, like, you know, I was kind of, like, going through that, like, really telling him, you know, all these things. And... And he kind of stopped me and he was like, Kate, I don't think you give, like, and I'm like, you know, it's no big deal. So many people had it so much worse than I did. It's fine. You know, like, it just is what it is. And he stopped me and he was like, I just feel like for just one second, you need to give yourself credit. And I was like, for what? And he goes, the fact that you have turned into such this like wonderful well-rounded person and like you have so much empathy still for someone who has mentally just like really like did a number on you and the fact that like you have gotten to the point where you're at in life and you are aware and you're you know everything like you need to give yourself credit for that because so many people could have gone through the same thing and they would not be the person that right. you are today. And and you don't give yourself credit for that. And I'm like, well, and me personally, I'm like, what? I don't feel like there's any credit to give. Like, you know, I could have had way worse childhood, you know, and there's so many people that did to where I'm like, I feel like I can't, I can't complain about it or be like, oh, well, this happened to me. You know, mm-hmm. because it really doesn't matter. Like, I'm the one that decides the person that I'm going to be and what makes me tick in life and how I'm going to move forward, you know, that's, and that's, I very much had to figure that out, you know, and that was part of my process of what led me here. But, um, I just thought that was kind of interesting. And that was something that I, I was kind of thinking about, like, this is almost totally off topic, but, you know, sometimes I think we do need to give ourselves credit for, not like doting on ourselves, but like ha- giving that credit where credit's due kind of thing. Like it builds you, confidence. Like when you yes. acknowledge things that you have overcome in life, I think it does. It builds confidence. And mm-hmm. it, I mean, yeah, yeah, not sitting with it like, oh, I'm this champion right, or anything like arrogance. that. But right. But just being like, you know what? Like, yeah, this happened to me. Yeah, it was really messed up. 
okay, I got through it. Like, good for me. And then move on. But I just, um, I think that that's kind of a, it was a decent, my decent attempt at a segue into, (laughs) you know, I mean, that's really, I hate to like share that much in a way because I, I, again, I don't want anyone to think that I'm trying to be like, oh, you know, woe is me kind of thing. But it's very, very, very much what has built me into where I am and like who I am today. Do you feel like you had kind of a shift in perspective? Obviously, when you were seven or eight, like that was very like your consciousness, Mm -hmm. like changed and raised. Do you feel like when you moved back and you came out of that depression, like you said, nothing specific triggered you, but do you feel like how did you get to where you are now, yeah. which I feel like is something that drew us together, yes. which was the law of attraction yes. and I create my own reality. And that was really, um, I really got into, um, all of that probably about, God, it's been a little over two years now. Um, no surprise, um, be probably because of you know, um, the way I was raised and some of the, the mental things and issues that I kind of went through. Um, I ended up dating someone, um, for four years. We lived together. Um, he was very controlling, um, in the fact of like, he made me feel like I was broken and that I had all these issues and stuff like that. And like, he was the only one that could fix them. And for most of our relationship, I actually, that made me feel safe because I didn't realize what he was doing was like to manipulate and control me. I was just like, oh my God, this guy really cares about me. Like he wants me to feel safe here. Um, And then I realized we were sitting down one day and like just having like a discussion. And I was like, I'm not happy. I think I want to leave. And, and he was like, you know, we've been together for almost, you know, for four years. Do you want to just throw all that away? I think this is what, you know, we need to work on this. This is what happens sometimes when you're with somebody. And I'm like, you know, and I was like, okay, like, I think that that's a fair, you know, a fair assessment. And I said, you know, I'll think about it, but I'm just, I, something's just not right. And he looked at me and, and he, he said, I just feel bad if you leave. Like, I'll feel so bad for you because literally no one in your life loves or cares about you. Like, I'm really the only one. And if you leave, like, and he said it in such a nice way, (laughs) such a nice, like, oh, like caring way. And he was like, I mean, I'll just, you'll have no one. You're like so broken and I'm the only one that can heal you. Yes. And I just remember, like, I just stared at him and I was like, wow. Like, and it just, it like, it was like that moment it hit me like, oh, you're not this good person that I thought you were you just want to control me and my mental state and my emotions so that I don't leave you. And that night I was like, I'm done. Like, this is not for me. Like, sorry. But like you said that and it made me realize the person that you really are. And that's not the person I want on my team. And so, um, I left after that. And so obviously for a minute I was, um, I had to deal with, and we were together, you know, like he pretty much took, took care of everything. And I didn't really have a lot of responsibilities as far as like money go or like financially or anything like that. Um, and 
you know, it took me a, a few months to like really be like, to go from feeling like this broken person that needed to be fixed. That he was making you out to be. Yeah. <laughs> to being like, no, I'm the one that creates the life that I want. Um, And it all literally started with like me being kind of, I won't even, I'll say, I was depressed, but depressed to me was like the depression I talked about earlier. I mean, it, when I'm talking about it, like that crazy, like, but you know, I was obviously depressed and just kind of like, wow, like. I don't want to be this broken person. I don't want to rely on someone else for my self-worth, for my happiness, um, for my, you know, financial responsibilities. Like, I want to take care of Kate. I want to take care of me. And I want to be whoever the hell I want to be. And I want to make those choices. Because my whole life, it was like all these other people and circumstances shaped who I was and shaped really you know, um, what I was doing in life. And that's when I just, after that relationship, I was like, no, I want to live life on my terms. And so while I was kind of mentally going through that, I started watching all these different documentaries on Netflix about being happy about just whatever, because I, I was just like, wanted to feed my brain with as much new like material like that as possible to try and figure out like what works for me and what, what resonates with me. And I, of course, stumbled upon The Secret that's on Netflix. And now it's so funny to me because it's like two plus years later, The Secret is really great, like as a documentary, but it's such a teeny tiny sliver of what this whole journey is actually about. But that's really what kind of started beyond that. And so I just started to like dive into that like crazy And I've literally probably watched that, I don't even know, probably like over a hundred times. I mean, I would just watch it over and I would have it on in the background. Because for me, just that simple thought of being like, I'm the one that creates my own reality. My thoughts actually legit shape everything in my reality. Like that was such a huge shift for me. Um, Thinking about the things that I wanted can come to me easily instead of, it being hard and I think what I've worked on and that's kind of I think what somehow brought us I can't even remember what it was but it's something that it was what brought us together because I think I started posting you know more um things like that about mindset Mm -hmm. and whatever um kind of at that time and then I think what's been the biggest thing for me is this last year is taking that up like a huge notch And, um, really just being like, no, like really seeing what creating your own reality is and not having attachment to what things are supposed to be. And the biggest thing for me is because I'm a planner and I like to know how everything's like, I have to know how everything works, how everything's going to work out for me. And this is still like a, sometimes a daily, um, a daily challenge or thing that I go through is letting go of how I think things should happen or work out and just really saying, this is what I know I want. I'm willing to take action to get what I want, even if I have no idea how it's going to come together. And like having faith in just this, in just being able to command, this is what I want out of life. This is what I'm going for. And then being open and being aware of taking whatever opportunities come at you 
to achieve whatever that thing is. And, but not knowing, like, not knowing how everything's going to work out. Like, that's the biggest thing with, you know, I was telling you earlier, I recently, I very recently on Monday, I went in and, and quit my corporate sales job. Yay, I'm so excited. Um, and I've been thinking about doing that for months and I was terrified because I'm like, I don't know, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to make this work out? How is this going to play out? All those things. And finally, I just said, I don't care how it's going to play out. I know that, you know, um, taking this other, you know, opportunity within, you know, interior design and everything. I know that's what I want. It's want, it's what I wanted since I was like seven or eight years old. Um, and I have an opportunity. I don't know how it's all going to come together, but I believe in the longevity of it and I know it's what I want to do. So I'm just going to take that leap of faith and have no idea how everything's going to come together. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and so maybe that would, you know, as far as if we're talking about manifestation, um, I really think that sometimes you, that proved to me that you have to let go of something you that's okay or that you don't want for anything really great to enter your life or what's supposed to enter your life. You know, I quit my job. I had, I know, I knew that I was going to have to make some kind of part-time, um, income while I'm starting, um, with the staging and the design stuff, um, for, uh, you know, a little while, um, just to make up that income for me. And what did I, you know, I happened to, um, I was offered, you know, a a part-time job later that day after I quit my job. And and that morning, leaving my house, I had no idea how everything was going to come together. And it was just like, bam, 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 you know. And it wasn't like, and just like the, you know, the the guy that hired me, we talked about energy and auras when I, for fit, I mean, I was literally there for 15 or 20 minutes talking to him. And we just had this cool vibe and connection. And I was like, this is the kind of guy I want to work with, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so just like that to me was just like, so like I, I had already been at this point where I believed that, you know, the universe giving you what you need, it is possible without you knowing how it's going to happen. Um, but that to me was like, I needed to see that I needed to almost know that that's really how it works and right we there it was yeah we all still kind of want that like um we want the proof Mm -hmm. and little things give us the confidence to keep moving forward yeah I mean like I we have it all the time where you make one small you know maybe you just take a small leap of faith Mm -hmm. and see you know how it works out for your good and all the while you're just choosing something that would make you happier yep and it wasn't like about money it wasn't about timing like what you should be doing in life right now Mm -hmm. or any of that like all the the stories that we get from that kind of society and culture and but I feel like you when I talked to you last, it was like, oh, it's just every day I'm going in and I'm hating this. I'm, I don't want to be doing this, but I don't know what's next. And, mm-hmm. you know, that- yeah, I had no, and I was like, I was trying to think of things that could be next. Mm-hmm. Like I looked at going into real estate, but I was like, I don't want to be a real estate agent, but oh, that, you know, I almost took a job back in insurance. 
um, because, oh, well, it just makes sense. Oh, they're going to pay me a nice salary. I know I'm capable of doing it. And I was so close. Like I literally almost renewed my insurance licenses again. And at the, like the last moment I was like, no, why am I saying yes to this? Like, so my biggest thing, I think this is kind of like, I like to kind of on my birthday and then at the new year, I'm not really like a resolutions kind of person, but I like to think about, okay, in a year from now, how do I want to feel? And if I want to feel this way, what are some practices or things that I need to work on throughout the year to, you know, be better at this or that? And like my thing, I think for this year um, is really is working on saying no and saying no to things that don't align with what my end goals are, with the kind of person that I am. I've always been a yes person because I'm like, I'm a helper and I'm a fixer. I like to help everyone. I like to fix problems. And I realize I need to let that go because those things aren't helping me get anywhere. It's just keep, it's, it's like me deflecting, dealing with myself to fix everybody else. And that is not going to help me get to the places in life that I want to get. So I need to start saying no. Like, even though I think, like, even like charity work, like I've had, I turned, you know, I started doing some different charity things um, or nonprofit stuff I wanted to get really involved in because I'm like, oh, like I met you and you're so cool and you love your nonprofit. So I want to love your nonprofit. And I'm like, why do I keep doing it? Why do I keep trying to attach myself to what other people are doing because it's like, oh, that's really cool. I want to be a part of that. Why am I not carving out my own things? So you, that's something that you said no to. Mm-hmm. That's something. I, I said ask, yes like, originally, and then I went back and I was like, you know what? This conversation sucks, but no, I can't help you. No, I don't want to do your social media stuff. No, you know, and it was like that was hard for me to do because I wanted to help. Like I. I keep wanting to be a part of everyone else's journey. That was something that I very much realized in the past few months is like I try and attach myself to other people's journeys because I want to be that person that comes in and helps and fixes mm-hmm. and makes things better. But that's not, you know, that doesn't align with, like, so where are my goals at? They're almost non-existent because I'm working on every, I'm helping all these other people with their goals. Yeah, well, and that's for sure, like, one of the concepts that I teach is, like, the making space. Mm-hmm. Because it's huge. I mean, you can do it in your life. You can do it in your calendar and your schedule. Um, but you can also do it in your own mind mm-hmm. by meditating and yes. quieting your mind, mm-hmm. quieting those thoughts. And that's where the opening, like, in your mind, that's where the opening occurs that the new thing that you yourself birth comes through. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's huge. And that's something like I used to meditate like when I, I did like a yoga teacher training a few years ago. And so we obviously, you know, learned and focused on meditation. So I did a lot of meditation when I was going through that and I got pretty decent at it. Um, I, it, meditation is not easy for me. Um, just <laughs> I don't in know general, I've heard people say I got pretty. I got pretty. Well, I mean, for me, it was like, like I was able to get to a point where I was like, mm, you know, like I would have like little visions and things like that. Well, now I'm starting over, and I have been like, I started off like a, I don't know, it's like a month and a half ago, and I started actually. Um, with every morning I would get up, I would listen to the seven minute one that you did. Cause I'm like, I can do this for seven minutes. 
Um, and, and I was like, okay. And like, it's more for me, like, I feel like I, I suck at meditation because <laughs> it's so, <laughs> it's so hard for me to like calm and quiet myself. Cause I have so much energy all of the time, but just taking, like, I've kind of moved to where like now I don't have to necessarily listen to something. I can just like, so in the morning, um, th- and this has been a big thing for me and something I'm, I'm really trying to work on now is putting like a really solid like routine of habits together for myself and meditation is one of those things. So the first thing that I am trying to do every day, um, which I need to be, you know, some weeks I do it every single day and other weeks I'm not consistent. Consistency is something like I would say habits, consistency, and only saying yes to things that align with my actual purpose um, are my three things for 2019. Um, my three biggest focuses for myself, um, for growth. And so like, you know, um, just getting up in the morning, I let my dog out, I bring her in, I feed her. And then I just sit down on my floor in my room and close my eyes and just kind of like, and I'm constantly like, no, no, wait, 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 like stop. <laughs> like, because I just, I have so much going and we all do. We mm-hmm. all have so much going on in our own minds and it's hard to quiet it. And I used to get frustrated with it. Like I would get mad at myself because I don't like to not be good at things. Right. (laughs) And so I'm just like, I would get mad like, and like almost like yell at myself internally. And now I've just learned to be like, you know, it's sometimes it takes me a second to realize that a new thought has popped into my head and I've squirreled off with it, Mm -hmm. you know? And then once I realize it though, I'm like, well, no. And then I focus on my breathing again. And I'll say that even though I don't feel like I'm not having any like, um, you know, visions or having anything profound come to me in meditation at this point. And I think it's going to take me a while until I, I get there. But I have noticed just a huge difference in my day-to-day life of being more present in each moment just because, just because I make myself sit down for 10 to 20 minutes um, in the morning as often as possible and just try and quiet myself like even Mm -hmm. if I don't succeed which I rarely do I mean honestly I rarely succeed at being quiet inside but I'm trying and just Mm -hmm. that trying has I think has made like um a serious like honestly a serious impact in my day-to-day life well and I think for me I am trying to implement like quiet moments throughout my day Mm -hmm. like uh, yesterday, I think it was, I went to pick up my son and I've been trying to not focus on like, um, you know, just getting there, just getting there and picking him up and coming back. Like as the goal, Mm -hmm. like the goal is driving and the goal is sitting in my car. And I even like looked out the window as I was sitting there in my car. And I thought to myself, like this, is meditation in like your in, life. Yeah. Like in meditation practice, emotion, in almost. emotion almost. Yep. And I felt like, and I think that's something that like Eckhart Tolle teaches too, is like if you, you can meditate in the morning and that's great because it usually kind of starts you off on a, just a really healthy, balanced feel. Mm-hmm. But if you can start kind of, picking points out through your day like when you get in your car just take a deep breath before you start the car Mm -hmm. and then 
that will impact all of your your day and all of your life. You mm-hmm. know, like you really want to kind of like spread it out and have that as yeah. your presence. No, and like, you do because I feel like when, and being in your car is such a great example because it's like when you're in your car, your mind's all over the place. You're worrying about what's next, what's this. And so what I've tried to do in the car is like that's when I'm trying to practice not without being forceful with it, it's when I try to be mindful of being grateful. Like what yes, can I gratitude can Yes. And like what I'm thinking of, like if my brain starts to go to like, oh crap, like I just quit my job. How am I gonna pay this bill next week? And yes, I'm just saying I just say get out of my head. What am I grateful for right now? And so if my mind is starting to go to like this place of worry I try and bring it back to what I'm grateful for and something that I have recently started doing. So I um, started listening to um, this podcast and the guy goes by Charlie Rocket and I am like a freaking love this guy. I heard him. He did an interview on another podcast that I listened to and I listened to it like 20 times over. Cause I'm like, this kid like knows like he's got like, he's got the sauce. Like I just really like, resonated with him and something that he does is he like counts winning streaks every day and I've started doing this like I've got like Mike is like obsessed with it and I've got this like um group of um like this small group of friends um that like we have a winning streak text group I've seen that hashtag that you've used so explain to me what (laughs) what so So it's pretty much like just like declaring your winning streaks, right? Throughout the day to remind you that you might feel like life sucks, but it really doesn't. So what are your winning streaks? And like, so my winning streaks could literally like, was it yesterday? Um, I was like, this was one of my winning streaks from yesterday. And I literally will like, especially when I'm by myself, I literally will like yell out like winning streak because it gets me excited. Like yes. it's like I'm a kid, it right? your energy. Yes. It does. And it, it feels like kind of dumb at first, but I've totally embraced it. And now like I will just, you might be with me randomly and something like I'll find like a quarter on the ground and I'll be like winning streak. <laughs> and it's a quarter. Like it's not an exciting, but it almost kind of brings you back to like even that something I've been thinking about too is like the, bringing your mindset back to when you were a kid and you felt like anything was possible Mm -hmm. because anything really still is possible. We've just, you know, we've hardened and stuff by growing up to where, you know, we take that fun out of life. And for me, that innocence and stuff was taken out of my life young. So I'm trying to get back to like really being like looking at the world like a kid looks at it. That's something Mm -hmm. I'm trying to be mindful of. But so yesterday I'm driving and I'm at a roundabout and I hate roundabouts, by the way. I think uh, they're yeah. so stupid because some people are like, you think they're going to stop. They're not going to stop. I almost pulled out in front of someone at, at a roundabout, but I didn't. And so I literally was like, winning streak. Like, I didn't get in an accident right now. Okay. And I know it's like, I have, because to me, it's like the more winning streaks I feel like I can rack up in my brain every day, the better I feel about my day. So it doesn't have to be, sometimes it's like cool, profound stuff, like, when I quit my job and then two hours later picked up a part-time job, that 
that to me is like a big winning streak, right? Mm-hmm. But so um, I do it with like even dumb stuff, like oh I didn't get in an accident right now, like or winning got streak. Got somewhere on time. Yeah, like, I got somewhere on time. <laughs> um, I yeah. met somebody for coffee today and they bought my tea. Winning streak. Or so the essence behind this. So what Charlie does is like he was like you know like I get up every morning and I drink my coffee and I think you know I pour myself a cup of coffee and I think gosh. This cup of coffee that I just made myself cost me like a dollar and 30 cents. Winning streak. Like I'm going to feel great after I drink this coffee. And it's just like, yes, it's kind of silly and like maybe a little dramatic. But for me, like, I don't know why, like when he started talking about that, I was like, I love this idea. I want to implement this in my life. So then I like, I sent that specific podcast to a couple people and um like Mike my boyfriend is like it's so funny so now we'll we'll like you know little things will happen to us and we're both like winning streak you know and it's like so silly but at the same time it's such an energy changer Mm -hmm. and it's like especially to just like yell it out and not care like if I'm around someone or even if I'm by myself like I sound like an idiot But it makes me excited. And it can be for, like, the dumbest thing. Like, I'll probably leave here and I'll be in a super good mood because we talked. And, like, I always, my energy, like, like, when I'm, like, we, you know, chat and stuff, my energy is always, like, higher when I leave. And I'll probably be in my car and I'll be, like, all jazzed up and I'll be, like, winning streak. And then you'll be, like, listening to this later. Yeah, and I'm, like, winning streak. I mean, it's just, like, (laughs) so, like, it's silly, but for, for me, and it maybe doesn't work for everyone, but for me, it's been, like, huge. So, like, I have a text group now with a couple friends and it's literally called the winning streakers. And I will text them in the morning and I'll be, like, something I'll do after I meditate also is, like, um, I have this little journal that I've kind of started writing in. And um, it was, it's actually, oh, what's that journal that you and I talked about? It's the, the... Not the bullet journal. No, it's that little black one. Um, is it Versailles or Versailles or something like that? Mike got it for me for Christmas. And it really, like, it asks you, what are you grateful for at this moment? What's going good? What could be better? Reflect on your day. Well, I was using it to reflect on my day after my day. What I've been doing now is after I meditate, I sit down and I'm like, oh, I'm grateful for this. Oh, I'm grateful for that. Oh, I'm grateful that I just meditated. And then in the section of reflect on your day, I write down something to the effect of crazy, amazing things are going to happen to me today. And yeah. I'll literally put like one, two, three, four, five, six. Like I expect at least 10 things. And this is another thing that like, it's like pre-paving that Charlie guy does. And I was like, that mm-hmm. to me is such a genius idea because it gets your mind in that like, not only am I going to look for 10 good things today, but I'm going to be open and I'm creating the space. Like by writing it down and saying one, two, three, four, all the way to at least 10. And just that being blank, that to me is putting the space out in the universe to say like, I expect you to give me 10 good things today. Like, and it's just going to happen. Well, And you're open to it and you're looking for it. And that's mm-hmm. the essence of law of attraction is yeah. like you're attracting it and I think your winning streak concept is like putting those, I think it shifts your energy. Like sometimes Huge. if my kids are in a mood, like I'll put on some like crazy loud music and mm-hmm. I will just start dancing mm-hmm. and singing. And I, if I sing, they usually get really annoyed, <laughs> but like they will dance and yes. they will have fun and it will shift the energy and mm-hmm. it will, I mean, and I think that 
we need tools in our lives that can help us shift our energy because especially if we've got these thoughts that are running in circles in our mind, like Mm -hmm. I can't believe I quit my job, like, or I mean, I do this all the time with architecture, like my husband's voice in my head will be like, why don't you just get a full-time job? And I'm like, because this is the life that I want to create for myself. And mm-hmm. I have to like... And if you say yes to something that isn't really aligned with the life you want to create, are you really going to be happy? Right. Or not and even I happy. Like, I don't even have like, to go down Are you going to be fulfilled? I think that's that's what I'm trying to replace the word happy with fulfillment. Well, and recently. I could be. And I could you, make the best of it. You and could, but you don't want to. I think that's such a huge thing that people need to realize is there are so many things we could do. Right. But what do you actually want? Mm-hmm. And I think once, you know, when we've talked about this before, and I know that we both wholeheartedly believe this, is like once you actually can get... um quiet enough with yourself and say what do I actually want not like what sounds good what could I do what could I be good at like what do you actually want you know I mean that's how I I ended up getting this like you know um design and staging job is because I started asking myself what I actually wanted and oh my god the universe was like okay you want it here you go right here's this great group of ladies to do it with too like oh what okay not limiting our desire to create the reality that we want based on what other people say is possible for us like Mm -hmm. my kids think it's hilarious that I'm playing the lottery these days yeah they're like you're never gonna win did you see the odds of those lottery I'm like yeah but somebody has to win the lottery yeah and I will never win if I don't play yes exactly I have a lot of things I could spend 232 million dollars on yeah so and why not (laughs) and so I feel like if we just believe the reality that people are putting in front of us, like, you can believe that reality, but I don't but have I don't. to believe that reality. And I think that, like, that specific point for me comes back to the, um, like, the looking at life like a kid again. Because when you're right. a kid, you truly, like, I literally, when I was seven years old, and a little before, but I remember being seven and watching Martha Stewart every morning in the summer and saying, I want to be just like, I want to be Martha Stewart. And as I got older, thinking like that was literally like when people were like, well, what did you want to do when you grew up? And I was like, I wanted to be Martha Stewart. And that was, I was like embarrassed to say it out loud because it felt like such a stupid thing to say. Like, oh yeah, I want to be Martha Stewart. Like, or I, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I want my life to be like. And then I realized, like, this was something I came back to recently when I started asking myself, well, what do I want? I was like, I still want to be Martha Stewart. Like, that's what I want out of life. Like, I want that. And I stopped telling myself that it was stupid or it wasn't possible. And, you know, now I'm on this path of, like, you know, I met Amy. We're doing the staging and the design together. And we're, like, we're working on creating a YouTube channel and all these platforms to, to where I'm, like, I am literally, like, I am able to be like Martha Stewart. Like, what I wanted to do when I was eight or seven or eight or whatever. And for the longest time, I felt it was, like, so stupid. Like, I kept taking different jobs and all these, you know, in different industries. Because to me, it was, like, doing design and being like Martha Stewart was not a realistic goal in life. Until I was, like, no, if that's what I want, that's what I can have. I just have to start saying no to all the things that aren't that and just have this like unwavering eight-year-old faith 
that if that's what I want, like it's totally possible. Like there's no, and it doesn't have to be hard either. Like I think that too, like we often tell ourselves like, yeah, like the journey might actually, like if you were talking about it later, people would be like, wow, that's hard. Wow. You, you did that to get to your goal. Like, Ooh, that sucks. But when we're in it, why do we have to think about things being hard? Why can't we think about things being easier? And like, because we actually, and I feel like when you actually enjoy something, even when you're in the hard spots of it, it doesn't feel hard because it's what you actually want. It's like that eliminates. Easy. Yeah. Like, and it's not always going to be like what we define as easy or hard, you know, within society, you know, yeah, you're going to have like days where you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. You know, of course, like we're human, but like really approaching things, you know, it's like, well, this is what I want. So why do I have to make it hard? And if I enjoy what I'm doing, then it's probably going to be fun. Even on the hard kind of crappy days, like it's still going to be like, no, I'm still working towards this thing that I really want. So who cares? You know, like, did I want to get a part-time serving job? No. Like, is that going to be like fun every day? Not necessarily, but I can make it fun. And I can say, oh my God, I'm so lucky that I got offered this job so that I can pursue my actual dreams and what I want to do. Like, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, like instead of being like, you know, I feel like in 10 years when I'm sharing like the story of like how I went from where I'm at now to like having this like design empire that Amy and I want to create. We're working on creating. Which is not me. <laughs> right. Not not, me, not Amy. this Amy. Another Amy. <laughs> um, you know, that like that we're creating and I'm gonna step back and be like, I quit my job on a whim. I got a you know, I served tables for a year, whatever it takes. And I did all these random things. Like like I feel like, you know, to the outside person they're gonna be like, oh my God. That sounds hard. Why would you want to do all that? Well, to me, it's not hard. Like I feel happier and, and more free, I think in right now than I have in my entire life. And I didn't just choose a super easy path to go down. I chose a hard one, but it doesn't feel that way. Right. Well, and you've had like a couple different job changes over Mm -hmm. the past, you know, five years or whatever. And so now you're like, I mean, and I feel like like, I have two, and I think I heard yesterday, like, people have 11 different career changes in their life, and I'm wow. like, wow, makes I not feel so bad. All right. <laughs> That's what I said, too. I'm like, well, I've got quite a few more I can go on then. But it's, you know, definitely a journey, mm-hmm. and it's not, I mean, the, the easy path isn't always the straight path, Mm-mm. and um, but often, you know, all these things are building up to, like you said, like, you'll be able to look back on this and see, um, you know, from where you started and, and yeah. be able to kind of track this. That's actually like what I'm, I'm kind of, ex- this is the first time, like, I know we both are like big Gary V fans. <laughs> I was just going to bring Huge up Gary V fans. <laughs> we love you, Gary. Um, like for me, you know, how he always talks about the process. And I used to like, when I was doing mortgage lending, when I was in insurance, I would always be like, yeah, I need to get pumped about this process, but I could never enjoy it because my end goal was so far away from anything that I wanted. I couldn't enjoy the process, but now that I'm at this place, 
I'm like, I will literally do whatever it takes to get to my goal of this like dream that I've had for so long. I'm able to do it. And it's like, I'll do whatever it takes. And I'm excited about like the process. I'm excited about it being like not quite knowing what's going to happen. And I've never felt like that. Like this is the first time I'm really excited about the process. And I just think that that speaks so much to, you know, being honest with yourself and what you want out of life and Mm -hmm. believing that it's possible no matter how stupid you think or, you know, you think other people might think it is, you know, like if we pulled like a hundred people right now and I was like, my dream is to be Martha Stewart. Most of those people are going to be like, honey, you're never going to be Martha Stewart. Like, you know, like go back to your day job. Right. Um, and when I say that, I obviously like don't want to be exactly like Martha Stewart, but that's just like, it's an easy reference. Right. You want to have like an empire of home decor and yes. all the, And I, like, for the first time in my life, I believe that's possible. Do I know how all that's going to play out and how I'm going to connect all those dots? No. I truly believe, though, that because I've decided, I've made the actual decision that as long as I can keep my mindset in the right place and keep myself open to the universe of infinite possibilities um, and, like, the quantum possibilities of life, it will happen. Right. And it doesn't mean it, I don't have to work for it. Like, it's not everything's not just going to fall right. in my lap. And that's where the secret is, like, a little Super bit, like, lacking. Right. People They're are just like, like, I'm just going to look at these vision boards, and all of a sudden I'm going to win the lottery. No. Well, buy a stinking ticket. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, I think, you know, like, they reference, like, I think they reference, like, the new car that you want or whatever. You know, think about yourself driving that new car and, you know, and then, bam, you'll get the new car. No. Right. You got to go out and look at cars and you need to meet people and you need to like. Yes. You maybe you can't afford that car right now that you want. So it's like, yeah, okay, I want this, but you have to actually take action and be willing to work to get it. And that's something that the secret does not really touch on hardly at all. Right. Like it's a nice motivator and it's nice to get you like started in that mindset. Mm -hmm. But then the people that just think like, like I, my least favorite quote ask believe receive I hate that quote so many people use it Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah it's nice and it's warm and makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside like ask for it believe in it receive it and and there is in essence it's partially true but I think so many people just take it so on the surface that they don't realize that that also means that you might have to take some action massive action like I think that's the biggest thing is like taking that massive action once you make the decision like for me that massive action just this week was hi it's Monday and I'm quitting my job you know and that started the ball rolling towards the other direction Mm -hmm. and that was a massive action now I need to stay you know I need to keep that water boiling in in a sense and like you know, keep moving with that. And I can't let that momentum slow down because if it does, like that's where I'm going to be driving in my car saying, oh shit, I quit my job. Oh, how am I going to pay this bill next week? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? It's going to bring me back down. Like I have to try, you know, and I know I'm going to have days like that. Right. And we're human, but yeah, but that's where, you know, some of like the I don't know. People don't think that by meditating, you're actually accomplishing anything. Which but are so much. It right. sets you in that 
that place of like just being mindful. Well, and I think it present. stops the thoughts. Mm-hmm. The thoughts, even that if you're... you suck at it, like me, you, you for a know, little while for, for a minute. For a minute, it's just that that practice of like, no, no, like shutting off your brain, like something that I'll sometimes do, like when I have kind of like a negative thought or something that I don't like pop in my head. I try and do this thing where I'm like, I don't accept that. I don't right. accept right. that. Right. I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. I'm not believing in that thought. I'm believing mm-hmm. in this Even other. though realistically and in society, anybody would be like, no, nah, you should believe that thought. <laughs> right. That happens. People do get homeless when they yeah. lose their house and car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you really need to have money to pay your bills. Like, and I'm just like, you know what? The money will come. It'll mm-hmm. be okay. And like, you know, I kind of have almost like, been that way my whole life like I had this like higher knowing but it was like I had so many people in my life that are like who the hell do you think you are like you can't talk like that you can't believe like that and it it took me you know 28 plus years of my life to figure out that like no I actually can like there's a reason that that has kind of always been in the back of my mind and has always resonated with me it was just I wasn't in the right frame of mind myself and I wasn't around the right people you know to be able to say like no like you can believe that your life sucks and is hard but I don't believe that about my life and you can think I'm a crazy lunatic for being like money's gonna come I don't know where it's coming from but it'll be here like I will you know I'll get my insurance bill paid next week it's fine and Mm -hmm. I believe that Like, even though, like, I can't tell you how that's going to happen or, you know, whatever it is, you know, that's just like an example. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think so many times that's why we never progress towards the things because, you know, our regular brain kicks in and is like, that's not possible. Like, do you know anybody else that's done that? Oh, you don't? Well, then why do you think you can? And we have to flip it to the opposite and say, no, I believe that I can do it. Well, and it goes from the thinking mind to the knowing and in yes. your gut. And yes. if you if you don't recognize that you have that gut and that intuition, like you're gonna keep acting out of that thinking mind and it's just gonna Yeah, keep it kills you. you. That's yeah. the thing. So well we have to wrap up because I know you have places to be. I do. And Thank I'm kinda you. sad because I could just go on. I and know. On and We're on like and just on getting forever. Just getting Maybe into we the make this like a two part series. I would love to have you back. I like interviewing people. I feel like getting just a conversation and a dialogue mm-hmm. going helps the flow and the <laughs> inspiration well, it does to because, come. You know, like when I've, that's been my thing with like thinking about doing a podcast. It's like, I don't know if I can sit and like just talk out loud to people for a half hour. Right. Like Some people are really episode. good at doing that, <laughs> you know, but me, like, I'm going to play around with it. Yeah. And that's why I thought, well, maybe I'll do like three to five minute little like rants or mm-hmm. something yes yeah they feel nature. put them on instagram like you don't have to launch podcasts but yeah hey, you know anchor is a good way to start yeah. another shameless plug <laughs> yeah shout out to sponsor. anchor <laughs> <laughs> okay well thank you thank you so much for being here i'll link up your like hashtags and and yeah where people can find you in the show notes so yes i'm super excited